Welcome in, OUA football fans. Wade Zanketa here with another week in the books. We had quite the weakest uh, past one in the OUA. A couple 50 pieces, a couple big offensive outings, and a statement game by a certain defense. We're going to get into it right away, though, with the Western Mustangs, who had their homecoming game this weekend against the University of Ottawa. Tight game at the half. 14-10 uh, to 10 for Western. Of course, Amaklar Polk got going early, a huge 60-yard touchdown run. But the second half, Western came out and said, we're going to let our guys take control of this game. Mosin Jamal, Savon Magne-Jones, both seven receptions, 75 yards for Savon, 112 for Mosin. They both had touchdowns. Seth Robertson had a 31-yard score as well. Keon Edwards, 12, 126, and two. Evan Hillock, four incompletions on the day, 318 yards, three touchdowns, a perfect quarterback rating. In case you're wondering if Western is tired from back-to-back trips east, no, their offense is just fine. Uh, Ottawa this week, Josh Jansen, new quarterback at the helm, didn't fare poorly, 19 of 24, 200 yards, uh, but they leaned on Polk once again, 140 yards, two touchdowns, of course, the 60-yarder, like I mentioned before. This Ottawa defense holds their own no matter who they play against, but it seems like Western just wore them down, wore them out. And after so many snaps taken this year by the GG's defense, they've got to be feeling it at some point, uh, getting a little tired late in games. But Western 5-0, and one of three undefeated teams remaining in the OUA. Phenomenal backstretch incoming. Ottawa, meanwhile, gearing up for the Panda. This one is going to be a big weekend for them. A lot of people were wondering, you know, how they would look this week with Panda coming up. What's the quarterback situation going to be like with Lacandro? Is it Mahler? Is it now Josh Jansen? We will see what the GGs bring for the Panda, but we're still talking about last week. Uh, Western still doing what they do on the ground defensively and with Evan Hillock leading the way. Uh, he has been on a tear. And in terms of year-end awards, Algersma and Hillock, seem to be putting themselves into a two-horse race. Let's talk about that other quarterback, Taylor Algersma. Laurier McMaster, 36-9 to win. Laurier's homecoming game as well. Uh, this one was, again, a tight game at the half. 9-7 uh, McMaster lead. And then the Laurier defense came out and pitched a shutout. Algersma got going, and it was game out of reach putting it away uh really for this game though laurier three times the amount of first downs mcmaster time of possession 36 minutes compared to 24 when you look at how much they held the ball how much they kind of pounded away in the rushing yards uh 26 attempts to 10 attempts mcmaster we know they haven't really ran the ball a whole lot this year it's starting to turn back on them now. Uh, Keegan Hall, another interception. Uh, Steven Narancic, another, or add a second one for this team this week. Elgrisma, he did throw a pick, which uncharacteristic. Uh, 31 of 40, 430 yards, two touchdowns. That is not uncharacteristic. Well, 
unless you're looking at the fact that he hasn't thrown five touchdowns in a grand week, uh, that's kind of uh, a bit of an exaggeration here. Laurier, the receiving core, I, I don't know if it can be matched. I know that Mosin Jamal and Savon are a hell of a pair. I know Gendron Melafont for Ottawa are a good t- tandem. But Ethan Jordan, Raiden Thorne. This is, I believe, the second or third time in five weeks that they've both been up over 100 yards, high receptions, high target values. Ethan Jordan finished 12 of 179 in the touchdown. Raiden Thorne, 10 for 121. Oh, wait, and Ojutaleo also added in 114 on four catches. This core for Laurier, I'm going to keep leaning back to what Elgersmith said in the preseason. He is the distributor. He is the point guard. They have so much talent. All he has to do is get it into the hands of his playmakers and let them do the rest. It helps that he has a really accurate arm and is in full command of the offense. But Ethan Jordan, Raiden Thorne are at the top of the conference. And Ojutaleo is a phenomenal athlete as well that kind of adds into this big passing attack. Defensively, oh my God, Laurier. More specifically, oh my God, Ife on Yamano. Five and a half tackles, a sack, two TFLs, a forced fumble, and two interceptions. Both of the interceptions for Laurier in this game went to their defensive captain. Uh, he had a phenomenal game. Ethan Gregorich had a quiet game standing right beside him. But Ife must have just been inhaling the tackles all weekend long. Uh, really good for them getting out in pass coverage, knowing McMaster has not really pushed the run game. Uh, Ife cheating a bit more to get out, saying, all right, if you're going to be doing play fakes, I'm going to start to bail early, get under some different coverages, get under some different throwing lanes, and sneak a few interceptions. Uh, really exciting to see. Laurier at this point, at this uh, area of the season, obviously they go into their bye week next week, but Western and Windsor have to play. So Laurier and one other team are going to be left undefeated as we head into October where they get both Windsor and Western. It's going to be a tough stretch for them heading towards the playoffs, but they're going to get this bye week much needed get healthy for that back stretch after the 36 to nine win over the McMaster Marauders for Mac. This is a tough season now because you are introducing a new quarterback, but you're one in four. You've been in a lot of tight games, but the turnovers have remained consistent. How does that play into the back half of your season? Obviously you're going to be pushing for that extra playoff spot. You have Toronto, you have, uh, Waterloo, and you have Ottawa coming up before that last week by. For them, Keegan Hall has shown that he can command the offense. They have the weapons around him to make plays. When will it click? They're hoping next week against the Varsity Blues. Um, but for them, one and four sitting on the back end of their schedule. For Toronto and Carlton, uh, Carlton 46 to seven. We saw Kinsale Phillip get pulled again for Scott Barnett. Uh, in terms of Toronto's offense, they couldn't get the ground game going. 
four carries for Adam Williams, four carries for Lucas Doikos. Scott Barnett was the leading rusher with eight yards. Uh, offensively, Kinsale three of eight, Scott three of 10. They did not have much to show and really is a testament to this Carlton defense, which we have talked about, Connor and I, as the season's gone on. The Ravens' defense is going to allow them to be a thorn in someone's side come playoff time. We saw them go toe-to-toe with Western until Yazbek broke an 80-yard run. We've now seen them dominate Toronto. We saw them hang in there with Carlton. We saw them push around York. This defense allowed 20 total yards of offense. Toronto had more plays, double the plays, 45, than they did yardage. They averaged 0.4 yards per play. And the Carlton Ravens defense held them to that. Uh, Heading into Panda, heading into a really high emotional game. You know, sometimes that first game before it or after can be a sleeper, a trap. Not today, not this week for Carlton. And the offense kept doing what they've done. Lefebvre has been throwing the ball a ton. Uh, not as run heavy of a Ravens offense as we've seen in years past with Nate Carter and Josh Ferguson, but Alex Gale, young player coming up, uh, certainly starting to make his mark, 11 carries last week. But this team runs through Lafave's arm and getting their playmakers involved on the outside, 329 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Hunter Brown, Tristan Reddy, Kasim Ferdinand. Kasim Ferdinand was their fourth leading receiver he had the fourth most amount of yards that's a good problem to have if you're the Carlton Ravens uh obviously for their defense uh it was guys like Ife on Yekum, Malik Yusuf and of course they have top corner uh top DB like Zendru O'Dane uh and Louis Laveau they have been Fantastic, shutting teams down, really taking away a lot of options uh, for opposing offenses. So 46 to 10, the Ravens starting to really get their wheels dug in and get some traction. Uh, Big game, big blowout, Guelph, York, 88 to 7. Not going to spend too much time on this other than Tristan Abood, because this was not just a big game, a perfect game. 16 of 16, 384 yards and six touchdowns. I believe he only played a half of football. Uh, Willem Arsenault, the 85-yarder. Vishon Janusis, 102 touchdowns. Jakob Thomas, two touchdowns. Kane Stevenson, I believe they call him Citizen Kane on the Guelph play-by-play, two touchdowns. This is a big day for the Guelph offense. They started to click. Balanced, while they did throw that much, it was still a balanced attack. Uh, but when it's 35 nothing after the first quarter uh, and Tristan Abood's already got three touchdowns, Anthony Guthrie has another punt return touchdown, Guelph just kind of put the pedal to the metal and let it go. A uh, lot of chunk yardage by Denavian Malloy as well as he rounded out with, a, I believe, a 90-yard touchdown. Uh, but yeah, Guelph 88-7 over York. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Final game of the week, the top 10 matchup that people were anticipating. Of course, Alex Freakin not even dressing for this game after he sustained a late hit against Western the week before. Uh, so he was out. It was up to Russell Weir. Can 
he give his defense enough room to just hang in there long enough. And unfortunately, in the third quarter, it was uh, far from it. Uh, field goal by Brady Lidster, uh, 75-yard pick six, and then Giovanni Cunningham touchdown, uh, and then a second pick six from a defensive line, Muftav Jelly. Uh, three turnovers for Russell Weir, three interceptions. Anthony Leo had an interception as well, the uh, freshman quarterback from SAC. But they ran the ball well, 64 yards for Cesare, 62 for Souls. Uh, Nico Cuomo had 60 yards receiving, but the turnovers killed them in this one. Uh, two of them for touchdowns. It gave Windsor's team life where Queens's defense was holding in. And really, we talked last week about Windsor's offense not gaining the traction on the ground against Ottawa. Queens picked up right from there. Uh, no Joey Zorn, but Chris John had 14 yards. Uh, Mambo had 46. So Queen's defense did their job. But two pick sixes, uh, it's a really tough place to put your team in, especially down your starting quarterback. Uh, Queen's, I feel like, is going to want to avenge this loss, but they're now sitting below 500 still. Windsor. 5-0 and for the first time since 75. Talk about a run for the ages with this program. It's exciting to see the Windsor Lancers. Uh, of course, a no Alex freaking Queens is a completely different look than we've seen all year and all of last year. I mean, aside, once he came in halfway through the year. Next week is the test for Windsor. You have the Western Mustangs at Alumni Field. They are coming to you. This is the moment to say... It's all in. I expect Joey Zorn will be back. Chris John will get going. Danny Skelton, Giovanni Cunningham, the rest of the weapons on offense will be present. Uh, Queens, though, they they need to reset. They need to get their quarterback healthy, uh, get him back for the rest of the season. We'll say for Windsor, Connor's guy, Kalade Amusan, two and a half more sacks. Uh, he only had three tackles total. So two and two, uh, two solo, two assisted. Three of the four plays he was involved were sacks. Uh, this guy has been phenomenal. He's been on a torrid pace this year. Connor was on it early. I have to keep it going for him. But that is all in terms of week number five. Week six, we've got a good slate of games, including the panda stay tuned for that one as we break it down next week but enjoy your week the last week of september uh don't call green day just yet Welcome in. Thank you if you listen to the OUA recording. If not, welcome to week number five for, I don't know, we're almost at the end of September. The weeks are all messed up across the conferences, but the games have been phenomenal. They are still rolling on. And for us, there's just a few things I want to talk about. Obviously, my UBC Thunderbirds. 
kept on a rolling. A 50 burger. Uh, yeah, that's right. 50 piece. A second straight week. 360 yards from Rooker. Three touchdowns. Isaiah Knight. 21 of 185 and a touchdown plus a few through the air as well. Uh, 200 total yards for Isaiah Knight. This T-Birds offense, I cannot state this with enough importance, is going to win the Hardy Cup. I'm going to lay it out for you. One, we just watch Alberta try to hang, not really hang. Uh, UBC is going to have home field advantage. We all know how tough this is. But UBC really pulled ahead, uh, obviously, 17-point win, 13-8 to eight in the fourth quarter. But they pulled ahead in that second quarter when they just kind of said, you know what, you may be leading right now. It's time for us. And it went touchdown, 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 all the way to the point where they did not need a whole lot else the rest of the game. And here's my other piece. The Saskatchewan Huskies. Yes, they beat the Calgary Dinos 28-12. to 12. Anton Amandrud, I I did not go three-game rule. I gave it an extra game because I was really unsure how that Alberta loss at home looked. But through four games, Amandrud, 10 interceptions. Yeah, he's got nine touchdowns, and he, he's thrown for over 1,100 yards already, 62% completions. But 10 interceptions for the first-year starter. I don't think it's just... Him being a first-time starter anymore. There are some... Now, maybe it is, and him not being used to reading the offense, but with the weapons that he has to try and force the ball downfield because he thinks, oh, my gosh, I'll just make it, uh, is one thing. It almost seems like it's a bit of hero ball at this point with Amandrud. And for Saskatchewan, their defense is so damn good. We don't need a hero. We need someone who's not going to turn the ball over. And someone who's going to efficiently move us down the field. Use Kabongo, use Perry, use Morin, use Vavra. There's a ton of guys at your disposal. You don't need to force plays. Uh, I I think this interception thing is real. I like Amadrid. He seems to have uh, good mobility, good arm strength. But 10 interceptions through 4 games. I am now ready to say that they're not going to be able to hang with UBC. And you know what? I believe we get it this week. We get that UBC-Saskatchewan game from Griffith Stadium. But when Garrett Rooker's putting up numbers and Isaiah Knight's going, you're going to need your defense to have all the rest they can. You're going to need your defense to have every single bit of confidence. And if you're giving them short fields, short rest periods, because you're turning the ball over to a good defense as well it's really gonna go south fast uh this offensive line for ubc is built to dominate anyone in their path and if saskatchewan's gonna give them short fields and uh drive starting in the green zone not gonna go so well so uh i do want to say ubc this weekend gave a clear picture i already picked them preseason but this is now a clear picture that the t-birds are going to be seen in the national semifinal this year. Uh, I picked them to win the Vanier. I'm still liking my pick with that front five on the offensive line uh, paving the way. And plus, I feel like you never want this to happen, but 
if something was to happen to Rooker, it's not an oh crap moment like we just saw with Queens against Windsor where, hey, Freak is out. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, four interceptions from our quarterbacks. No, no, UBC's backup quarterback, Derek Engel, played last year and almost won a Hardy Cup himself. Uh, they will be okay in worst case scenario, which is one of their quarter, like their starting quarterback goes down. So I'm confident in UBC this weekend painted the picture clearly. Amundrud, the turnovers was not just a game one thing. It is a consistent thing. And he played a good defense in Alberta the week before. Calgary has some good pieces, but that team has been searching for an identity. And Amundrud, three interceptions to one player. He gave the ball and gave them a hell of a chance. Now, his defense bailed them out a ton with uh, an interception on Viancourt as well, but and not a whole lot of yards. But they almost gave it away. If he did not have such a stout defense, this would have been a big, big time swing and potentially a disastrous second loss for the Huskies. Uh, all right, now I want to go to... Eh, we'll go to the AUS for one. X, the bus is rolling. Oh my goodness. Uh, 178 yards last weekend. Now, Fagnon took all the touchdowns with three... Uh, and Ben Hadley rushed one in as well. But the bus is rolling. X is back to where they were last year. Now the question becomes, can the team that made it to the national semifinals last year and had that early success against Saskatchewan, when they get to that level this year, because I don't think it's a question of if, I think it's when for X, much like I do with UBC. How does this team, with all of their veteran players and playmakers, go and build on it? Because we saw all the turnovers. We saw all the fireworks early on in that home game against the Huskies. But the offense couldn't make a dent. They couldn't chip away with majors and really break apart the morale. They had to keep settling for field goals or turning the ball back over themselves. Uh when they get to that point this year, I want to see what the change is from Gary Waterman, Salas Fagnon, Malcolm Bussey, and co. That switches their identity and perhaps lets them be an active AUS team in a potential Vanier Cup. They have the horses. They have the veteran playmakers. They have the speed. But how does it match up out of conference? All right. Last note I'm going to leave with is kind of a panda preview. Uh... Carlton Ravens, don't let Connor hear this. Coach Corey Grant, Lafave, Kasim Ferdinand, and that hell of a defense, they're taking the panda this week. Uh, as you heard in the OUA recap, 20 total yards for the Toronto Varsity Blues. 20. Yes, the equivalent of two first downs. You get more yards on a touchback. Uh, if someone took a 15-yard unnecessary conduct or unnecessary roughness, you may also have been close to the Toronto Varsity Blues offensive total. Eight sacks. <laughs> uh, an interception. This uh, five fumbles. Three fumbles lost. If you had OUA Fantasy 
and you started the Carlton Ravens defense, you would have been laughing. Uh, it was all over the place too. Medley Joseph had a sack. Brody Burke, light body, I believe, had one. Nathan Clark, uh, Caden Boomer, Ethan Boxel, forced fumbles, left, right, and center as well. Uh, this this team is ready to contend. I'm not going to say with the Windsor Westerns and Lauriers this year, but they're ready to fight for a spot in the semifinals, and their defense is going to put them in position to play with anyone. Now, what I need to see from Carlton, the run game is slowly coming. Alex Gale, young running back, really impressive athlete, starting to get more involved. Tristan Lefebvre and that offense need to develop more consistency in the second half. I know against Toronto this week, uh, they were pretty consistent throughout scoring 10-plus points in the second, third, and fourth quarter. Uh, Whenever they have gotten into big moments, this killed them against Western. They had all the momentum. Offense goes two and out, two and out, two and out, two and out through the third quarter, and it really puts the defense in a bind. They need to find a way as they get to play those top-flight teams because they're going to be a challenge in the playoffs for anyone to beat, of keeping the sticks moving, keeping the plays in positive yardage, and getting into second and manageable for Lefebvre so they have their whole offense open. Because when you have the threats like Tristan Reddy and Kasim Ferdinand, but also Alex Gale, this new dimension, it's going to te- keep teams guessing. They're not going to be able to tee off with pass rushes. And when you play a Windsor or a Laurier or a Western who have those abilities to say, you know what, Claude Amusson, Luke Brubaker, you name it, they're just going to go after you, pin their ears back, they know you're passing. That is when you start to get into trouble as a team. But the Carlton Ravens, Connor's not going to want to hear this, but Pedro might be wearing a black and white jersey by the end of this weekend. Uh, I will look more into this Thursday. Take care, enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you later on. As always, fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all your whistle needs. The worldwide leader in tech has you covered. Coaching boards, nautical safety, merchandise, and more. CFP15, 15% off at checkout. Take care at CF Perspective at Wade Zank. Enjoy the week. See you later.